Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Alabama does it. Ten regular season SEC wins. An SEC championship a Rose Bowl championship, and national championship number 18. 13-0, absolute perfection. Here's Pat, Pete, and Dan. Ah, we're coming to you live after the ass kicking. <laughs> Should we just talk about Tennessee again? <laughs> Ohio State gave us a, you know, a quarter. This, you know, no, what are you going to do? It really looked over early. They, and they gave us a little false hope. I almost texted you guys. Almost told Pete. Someone someone on Twitter actually said, you go find your, go find AJ McCarron's girlfriend now. This game's <laughs> over as early. I gotta look that one up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My luck, she'd have COVID, so I didn't try. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we're coming live. We normally do this after the title game. We're usually together. Yeah, uh, both uh, Pete and Pat are in Florida. They're in Miami. I did not go to the game, uh, but they're in different hotel rooms because I don't know COVID protocols. We have COVID. Yep. Protocols. We're actually in different hotels. Different yeah. hotel. Yeah, can't be distant enough. Yeah, that's of, right. You know, we're, <laughs> we got to follow the uh, SEC protocols here. <laughs> uh, I'm probably waking up my family. That's all right. Uh, these that's, things. Yeah. 319 a.m. 319 a.m. So we're going. We're getting this done. Uh, Alabama 52, Ohio State 24. Mac Jones threw for 464 yards and five touchdowns. How's that for a number? Yeah. And Uh, didn't even try for the last, like, you know, 12 minutes or whatever. Devonta Smith, uh, Devonta had 12 receptions, 215, three TDs, only played a half. Uh, That's... (laughs) ridiculous if it didn't if it looked like he wasn't covered the entire game it's not because they weren't trying Ohio State tried to cover him they just Mm -hmm. uh, failed uh, pretty much Sean Wade uh, oh oh boy in the history of trash talk this may have been one of the (laughs) all-timers it's right like Dabo in the semis and then Sean Wade took it up another notch you know, uh, Cecil Hurd, our buddy down in Tuscaloosa, great writer. Sean Wade asked for a face eating leopard for Christmas <laughs> and Santa <laughs> listened. <laughs> there really aren't many purely funnier people on Twitter than Cecil. Hurd. <laughs> Cecil Hurd, if you if you like college football, you should follow Cecil Hurd. He is a, he is a riot. Yeah. Um, that pretty much summed up Sean Wade's night. <laughs> yes. 
Uh, <laughs> that's not the kind of tape you want out there heading to the draft. Holy I think moly. even like, I don't know, was it Herb Street? Or I can't remember. I mean, even they were like, they rarely are like, boy, he's having a bad night. But it's like, yeah. yeah. It's unavoidable. He was put on a spit by Devonta Smith and turned over the coals for three hours or as long. Well, actually only an hour and a half because Devonta only played a half a game. Thank, Thank God. God for. Yeah. If, if they wanted Devonta Smith could have had 500 yards receiving probably. I, mean, yeah. I don't know what in 215 when they were trying. Yeah. I mean, at one point, poor tough Borland had to try to cover him. Oh, that, oh. now that that was like me like playing with my kids when they were five in the backyard, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, that was ridiculous. Tried to, tried to tackle Najee Harris on that oh, little, uh, that was... on, on the run that filled the blitz when Najee yes. cut back. I mean, he looked like he was actually a statue. This was not a tough Portland kind of game, <laughs> yes. which is yes. part of Ohio State's problem. <laughs> no, he's a good player, but this just, it was yeah. just all bad. Uh, Alabama was getting all the matchups they wanted. It, it, it just uh, there was nowhere to go. It's just that offense is so good, oh, incredible. And then, you know, it's like play action when you play action in Najee Harris. What? Uh, let me ask this: Do you remember ever, Pat? And I wrote about this tonight. And I've thought about it on my ride back to the hotel. A better big game performance by a receiver. Like, no. Do you ever remember a no. receiver being this? No, 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 no. I think, no, 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 I think no. Devonta Smith in, in this wonderful season he had is almost like reset the standard. Like last year, Joe Burrow yeah. reset the standard for a single season quarterback. And I think tonight was the capper on Devonta Smith resetting like the standard of brilliance for a receiver in college football. I mean, the Heisman obviously has only been four in a century or whatever. Um, I mean, just an outright obliteration of an opponent, almost single handed. Um, I just like couldn't have walked away more impressed he could beat you short he could beat you deep he could juke you he could beat you on kick returns like, like it's just i mean just what a what a mauler he is yeah he, he like hey, 175 pound mauler yes. that's the like yes. you look at him and you're like eh, that guy ain't much yeah and then he starts to run and then he runs routes and then he catches everything and i mean just i i stopped myself guys we talked about Devonte smith I can't remember whether it was one or two podcasts ago, and I stopped myself from a crazy comparison that I'm now going to make. He has the technical skill set of Jerry Rice. Wow. He wow. has the, the the hands, the feet, the mentality, the attention to detail. I, I'm not saying he's going to be Jerry Rice because there has never been a Jerry Rice. Correct. But, I mean, like like you said, Pete, I mean, like receivers don't, completely take over a game like he did in the first half or a season the way he did. And I mean, just incredible. So here's the question. Will Dan continue to shame me for not voting for Trevor Lawrence for Heisman? I voted for Devonta Smith for Heisman. We couldn't quite reveal it in our last reveal. Pat tipped his hand, but didn't quite reveal it. I will. I voted him first. I had no regrets. I knew I would get browbeat by Dan for the next eight months on the podcast. But Dan, am I forgiven now? Is, is my vote okay? Yeah, <laughs> mostly I, still a quarterback, still a quarterback. Yeah. At least you didn't vote for Mac Jones. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, right, Mac right. Jones, a wonderful player. He does exactly. Mm. But he's he's literally like lobbing up yes. passes to guys. He's just like, let's just throw it over here real soft. Like talk about playing with your kids in the backyard. You know, you can't just 
just can't gun one in there on him. So it's like, yeah, go get that. I mean, yeah. He's, he's a right-handed Matt Liner. The toys that he's had to throw to uh, and the lack of mobility reminds you a little bit of Matt Liner. But like, I just feel like that, like, like there's a little worry there at the next level where your first read isn't always going to be open and oh, you it's... won't have this. I mean, the offensive line was unbelievable tonight. Oh, they were fantastic. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Ohio State beat Clemson because Clemson didn't have time for its passing routes to develop. They rushed four, blew them off the ball. Tonight, I think Mac Jones left that game with a clean jersey. Did they sack him? Uh, I two, don't believe two he was sacks. sacked. Well, he had the fumble. He had the fumble. Yes, he did. Yeah, Baron Browning and kind actually, of poke-checked him. Yeah, and he did have one where he was scrambling, and I think he got tackled for a one-yard loss. But yeah, uh, Two sacks recorded. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I, they had uh, six different receivers average double-digit yards per catch wow um let me tell you what you're gonna win a few games uh when you got that i mean you know mechie 81 Mm. harris at 79 waddle shows up at his 34 well that waddle's limping around out there and had three good catches you know yeah pat's more of an x's and o's guy than than myself uh and i want to ask you this like to, to me, and I'm not going to pretend to be like, you know, to channel the 85 Bears mindset or anything like that. But to me, like the cushion was unforgivable. Like at a certain point, I had like defensive coordinators from different programs texting me around the country. Like at a certain point, you just had to double Devonta Smith and just deal with the consequences. All right. And Ohio State's deal is they play single high. They load up the box and they stop the run, which like relatively speaking, they did tonight, but they they adjusted out of that too late. I bumped it to uh, someone on the Alabama coaching staff uh, leaving and he said they they went to they, they did eventually late in the second quarter go to a too high safety look to try to like take away a little bit of the pass game. But it was almost like too late at that point. So I'm curious, Pat, for you, you, from your strategic mind, did you just feel like they that, that Ohio State like playing so passively gave up any chance to slow down Alabama. Well, yeah. I mean, it was like they just didn't make any concession to who they were playing. You know, it's like, well, this is the way we've played and this is what we do. Well, that's fine. But you're now playing superior team with superior talent. You can't just do what you do or else you're going to get flipping smoked like they did. Yeah. The, the refusal to just say, we're absolutely going to do everything we can to stop Devonta Smith and and make somebody else do it, you know, was was very surprising to me, especially after it's like when the first drive, it's like, okay, he catches one for 22, he catches another for 16 or whatever. It's like, y'all are in trouble because Sean Wade ain't covering him. I mean, like the releases he was getting on Sean Wade and, and oh. either either cutting, curling in front of him or you know, breaking things off or they're just going by him when Sean Wade came up on I mean, it was... It was candy from a baby. From he was wide open. Yeah, you have. I, I would not have been able to no. coach a better game than this. Obviously, <laughs> nobody <laughs> was going to win this game for Ohio State. It wasn't happening. Right. But right, you know, I, yeah. I probably have spent. I've spent way more time with Bill Belichick and covering Bill Belichick team. He always takes away your best player and makes someone else Somebody beat else? you. Make yeah. Mac Jones beat you. Make one of these other guys beat you. Smith looked uncovered. You could not single cover him. They didn't have a guy. And so then at some point, it's just cruel and unusual punishment when you're (laughs) sitting there saying, okay, well, we usually match up a linebacker on, uh, on this coverage route or whatever. We 
No. You know, it's just it just it just wasn't happening. And uh, and again, you know, I mean, he only played a half. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 he was the offensive to, MVP. What half? Yeah, half. To quote Nick Saban, "Heavens knows what he would have done in a full game." Yeah, I like, mean, <laughs> so, so I I don't think Ohio State had a had much of a game plan. I think it it speaks to you know the 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 weird part of college football where you you play ninety percent plus of your games with superior talent you don't have to you know and then that's that's just the unique nature of the sport and then you get into these games and that's when we find out all right it's not about the eye test anymore (laughs) no (laughs) it's not we ain't eyed anything looking like this kid be you know there ain't anything (laughs) like this guy north on the mason dixon that's for sure (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> so let me go in the, in the weeds here a little bit. Uh, I know if there's any night we should talk about football, it's tonight, right? So within the last three days, Notre Dame goes and hires the best group of five coordinator. Cincinnati Cincinnati defensive coordinator Marcus Freeman essentially outmaneuvers LSU for them, which is we could talk about a, another pot another time, but a big moment for Notre Dame. Marcus Freeman happens to be a former Ohio State linebacker who started multiple years there, started, I believe, in multiple national title games. Do you think Ohio State, with Greg Madison aging and potentially retiring, you know, Larry Johnson is in his mid-60s. Now, again, he's a, he's a, clearly a ninja as a defensive line coach. Kerry Combs comes back from the NFL. And look, they were undefeated until, you know, until this week. But, like, you wonder if the last time Ohio State flopped on a stage like this, was the end of Ed Warner and Tim Beck as co-coordinators when they when Ohio State lost to Clemson in Phoenix and I got shut out. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, Thirty-one nothing, and there was clear changes were coming after that. Now there were no declarations by Ryan Day of the sort, but you would think at a program like that, especially with Madison being as old as he is and having battled cancer, you would think some changes are coming. And uh, was their best option? swiped up from in front of them earlier in the Ooh, look at this this is yeah. deep in the weeds yes it is deep in the weeds that we don't can, know I, yeah i'm gonna post that on uh, the, the rivals.com uh forum for buckeye talk later oh yes uh i uh i don't know if he's the best or not but certainly this this game plan w- was not going to work the no neither the game plan <laughs> no. what's that old that's like that old country it's it's not the x's and o's the jimmy and joe's or whatever yeah, yeah that old yeah. hackneyed line it was both yeah it um, was both. so you had you had inferior talent in the wrong place and <laughs> you're gonna you think that'll to be it. on the wall in their uh in their <laughs> facility this year inferior talent in the wrong place you better <laughs> you better recruit better um yeah. yeah you know i think there was a uh there was a there was a uh, a Jerry Tarkanian bit where they had a big game once against against Arkansas and Arkansas just hammered them and uh, they the Arkansas players were saying to the to Tark you better get some more guys and he went out and got Larry Johnson <laughs> and okay. and, came, and they came yeah. back I think and played or something like that he said I got a guy coming he was just like we'll see you in a year it's like that like but you you know Ohio State's recruiting at an extremely high level right now that's the thing that that makes me say, all right, going forward. I mean, this is just, this was just a, this was clear as day difference. It, it was not un- yeah. unsimilar to what we, we joked about with that Notre Dame, Alabama game. It's a little bit better than that. 
Ohio State's got a few guys, but they just don't have enough. They're not good enough. No. No. And the fact is, like, let's let's go ahead and, and broach the subject here of exactly how good this Alabama team is. Historically, if you look, this team has not trailed since in a game since October. Okay. They they've only trailed, they only trailed in in two games all year. Never trailed by more than seven points, never trailed for long, and they have steamrolled everybody. Average margin of victory, 30 points. Highest of Nick Saban. I will say this definitively, it is Nick Saban's best team. Absolutely his best. And the fact that it is so different from his other best team, which was probably 2009, the last, the other undefeated team, when, where you're holding teams to 11 points a game, here you're scoring 50. Uh, is testament to him. But, I mean, this team is really, really, really good. You know, they played in the, they, they, they didn't play the Citadel this year. They didn't play Louisiana Monroe. They didn't play the usual bullcrap games in there. You know, they played 11 SEC games. They played every team in the SEC that was 500 or better, and they beat the crap out of all of them. And then they smoked Notre Dame, and then they obliterated Ohio State. That's a darn good season. So here's the here's the debate then. Is that would this Alabama team beat last year's LSU team? It's a great debate. It's a great debate. It's yeah, really I mean those debate. two offenses, boy oh boy. Woo! That's that's the and you know what here's the thing. Last year's Alabama LSU game <laughs> LSU won that game. Now yeah. was Alabama better this year? Yeah, but if, in that mm. game was so good. Yeah. Do you remember? I mean, we were all there. And it was all like, there, what yeah. was that, like 53 yeah. to 48 and or something? The, the level of talent yeah. in that game was absurd. And so that's what you saw was just like, this is the heavyweight match. This is the national championship game now. Yes. Because Clemson couldn't hang with LSU, all of that. Um, you know, the, Alabama was so dominant that, I mean, it was, it was hysterical uh, on social media. I mean, all of a sudden, the Notre Dame fan, Notre Dame fans start they start chirping. <laughs> hey, hey, thir- we only gave up thirty one. The best best defensive yeah. performance against. Like, okay, congratulations. Were they cutting punch? They punted three times yeah. against yeah, us. That's pretty much what they were doing. And then now- Texas A and M fan, he's like, uh, yeah, hey, same uh, score as us. Uh, we we got our ass kicked like these guys. Like, this is where we're at. Like, yeah, that's it's like we're a, at. a prize fight. I made it three rounds, dude. Made it to the third. You know. <laughs> That's Notre Dame's new role. It's like they did this in 2018 when they got bl- blasted by Clemson by 27, and they're like, and everybody's killing Notre Dame, and then and then Alabama loses by 28. So like, see, we're not that bad. And now it's the same year is the same thing. They're kind of like canary in the coal mine. They're like, it's yeah. all right. Yeah. <laughs> boy, whoa, boy, yeah. I mean, they, 31, the 31 point defensive uh, quote unquote performance. By the Irish, a uh, week or so ago, was the best of the year. Yep. By Vanderbilt fans getting chirpy because Clark Lee's bringing that uh, rugged iron curtain <laughs> to uh, Nashville. <laughs> you gotta have what you gotta have. You know, I will say, <laughs> yeah. I, I, Notre Dame fan takes a lot of crap, so uh, they, yeah. they, no, they, they spew out a lot. But yes, yeah. Well, I, here's the other thing. I'll bring this up real quick. Alabama scored fifty-two. And one by twenty-eight with a minus one turnover margin and created no takeaways. 
They scored 52 with no short fields. You know, yeah. no defensive touchdowns, no special teams touchdowns. They just, they got the ball wherever they got it, and they're from bam, 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 score. I mean, that was unbelievable. Uh, to me, you know, it's not like this was not any kind of, oh, big mistake here, fluky play. That No, this was just, we're going to take the ball wherever we get it, and we're going to just dice the heck out of you until we score. 621 yards. Yeah. 33 first downs. Hmm. <laughs> Heaven help us. Uh, third down. You know, efficiency. it's a good night for the OC when an entire fan base at Texas is now optimistic yeah, about right. next season because Sarkeesian <laughs> called such a yeah. good game. Like if he you called can a get great it, game. He, he did, did call a great game. That might have been one of the most masterful play calling evenings I've ever watched in football. It was it was really really uh, it was really just superb. The, the the fill the blitz like little dump to Harris. Like every little like running back screen they ran out of there. He had. You know, he had a swinging gate in front of him in 10 yards. I mean, just it was everything he dialed up. Um, that, that, that touchdown to Smith where Smith went uh, and ran into the backfield, then out. And, and it's just yeah, get yeah. him out there and then it'll just run past people. Yeah. Um, they were at 6 of 11 on third and then 2 of 2 on fourth. So they basically went 8 and 11. Yeah. Um, Not bad. Yeah. Abs- absurd thing. And, and Ohio State got like what you need, which was that one. Touchdown, yeah. basically a defensive touchdown-ish type mm-hmm. thing, but uh, but uh, could not go. Hey, I just want to say, Pat, I'm I'm proud of you so far. We do have an injury update. Pat is injured. <laughs> Pat's been yep. Pat yep. warned us. Uh, how are you? You apparently have the same injury as Devonta Smith. I have Under- the same injury as Devonta Smith, and you know what? I'm playing the second half. Okay, <laughs> so you sure because we could cut you right now. We're probably close to halftime, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. Come at me, Devonte. Come on, come on. I uh, you know. So yes, I uh, I am somewhat chagrined to admit, but yes, I, I, we're in Miami, so it's beautiful weather, and I, there's a pool at the hotel, and I went out to swim some laps this afternoon, and there's no markings in the pool, and I jammed my hand into the wall, and I might have broken my left ring finger, but I didn't go to the locker room, you know, and have to bail out of the game. I played through this the whole game tonight and now through the podcast. I think it's profiling courage, frankly. Are you going to complain to your editors that they put you up in a no un, unmarked pool? I mean, yeah, absolutely. The, the horror yeah, of that. Like right? you, I mean, I'm sure our listeners are all just cringing. Like, how could you possibly swim in an unmarked pool? What kind of hellhole they? Yeah, yeah what kind right. of hellhole they put you in up in, man? <laughs> it's ridiculous. Courtyard <laughs> Marriott. Oh, well, there you go. Ugh. Barbaric. <laughs> Um, there were a lot of injuries, which sucked. Trey Sermon, uh, yeah, Smith, I, uh, God, the, Waddle. Man, that was just kind of. I cr- didn't like watching Waddle. Play. That was cringy, really man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's you know, it's like, like, why are you doing this? Don't do it. You know, but he got three passes. Uh, Landon Dickerson. That that was this was freaky. Okay, Landon Dickerson, All American center for Alabama, senior tears his ACL in the SEC championship game. So he's done, except he's out there dressed out and goes through like stretches and everything. And then it becomes obvious and you watch him a little more warm. So he's not going to play because what the hell you're not going to play. But then in a pretty darn cool moment, they put him in at the end of the game to snap the ball for the kneel downs. So he does get to play. And then what does he do? He runs over and he grabs Saban and picks him up like a little kid. And carrying, you know, Nick Saban, not the most, you know, 
let's go hug the coach kind of guy. You don't say, Pat. <laughs> he was last night. He was. He was. No, I, th- I mean, it was a really, it was a, it was a cool moment. It was, you know what? I mean, Alabama's as buttoned up as no nonsense as any program, but to have Landon Dickerson play and then pick up Nick Saban like a child, I, 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 I enjoyed that. I really did. Yeah, and then Mac Jones just gets up there and says, "We're the greatest team of all time." Like, yes, he does. It's any words. He does. He does that. Yeah. Let, let me ask you guys this question. I was as I was uh, writing my columns tonight. So we're all operating under the theory that Alabama, Ohio State, and Clemson have pulled away a little bit from the field in college football. You can maybe put Georgia somewhat in that category, but there's a sense that there is like a tier in college football, and those three, and you could maybe add a team or two to it, have in the last five years pulled away. Does tonight signify Alabama pulling away from that tier and is just off by themselves? They have won. Those three schools have won 17 of the 21 college football playoff games. That's yeah. That's unbelievable. That is that tells you right there that we do have a definite balance problem. You know? Yeah. I mean, that's not how you want it to be. Now, it's still a small sample size. And I know we get impatient. So this is the era. Well, I, I, I think it, it is because I don't know, you know, I mean, I, I don't Clemson loses Trevor Lawrence and that's that's a big loss. Do they have that kind of talent to to compete? Yeah, you know, they're going to they're going to win the ACC. They're going to show up. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, Bama's better. Uh, they probably would have won it last year if it wasn't for LSU, that LSU team just coming together. Yeah. And LSU put it together with like, you know, an Ohio State transfer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how you catch Alabama. And I don't know how anyone else. We said it the like the last one. This is women's college basketball. Like, yeah, you show yeah. up at the final. You can watch just for the final four. And see if anyone can beat UConn. That's pretty much where we're at. And yeah. uh, sometimes it happens. And most of the time it doesn't. And that's that's your sport. Um, but I don't even I think even college basketball has more teams than these three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, even the women's side, I think. Right. Yeah. You know, women's Baylor, Mississippi State. Yeah. Or you can Notre get Dame. one one person. I don't know. Um, yeah. Now, Georgia brings everybody back. So they'll be the bell of the ball in the offseason, including both their defensive tackles, which I had an NFL guy like laughing the other day being like, why are those, you know, those dudes are like rolling out of bed and they're picked high. Yeah. Like, so Georgia and Oklahoma bring everybody back. But does anybody yes. trust Georgia or Oklahoma? And let's not forget Iowa State. Hooray. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was big. <laughs> I mean, they bring everybody back. It's crazy. 20 of 22 starters and Matt Campbell. Yeah. Hooray. And, uh, and then Texas now has Sark, so that's that that ought to do it. Uh, yeah, they were very excited. It. It's like that's it's good. He he did call a tremendous game, but he did he also had I mean, matchup problems? Yeah, that was his other well, thing. Yeah. Like I think it, it was, did look like play- a Big Twelve secondary. I will give him <laughs> give Sark that. <laughs> I, like the little play where he had he had Smith run into the backfield and then run out. Like it really was a, yeah. it was a cool little play. It was also basically just a screen. It was a non non block screen pass to a guy and just said he'll beat him to the yeah he's to just the pie. I mean that play really works with one dude yeah great yeah. play but it's like no that's true I mean like I like I love their scheme and their play calling they had a lot of and they it was actually very similar to the Notre Dame game too where it was just we're you know we're gonna run fast motion like can you even keep up with our motion 
so that they're getting to the to the outside faster than you are going with them, and then we're just going to beat you from there. But but lots of bubbles and and um, stuff in space, and then some play action and throwing things in the flats. Uh, you know, I mean, they called a great game and they called great plays. But obviously, Dan, to your point, you are calling them with superior athletes than anybody else in college has by a large, wide margin. Yeah, and you wonder. It would be interesting to hear like a podcast with Steve Sarkeesian about the his evolution as a play caller, right? Learned under Pete Carroll at SC when you had superior talent. Went to Washington, took over an 0-11 team, maybe 0-12. I don't remember if we had 11 or up. Winless from Ty Willingham. You know, they evolve into being, a, you know, a 500-plus team. Never great. I don't think you ever won double digits there. But uh, Jake Locker, right? Didn't you have Jake Locker, Pat? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So obviously, he was not pick. a very good player. He was I, what? like one of one of the worst high draft picks ever. Yes, but was a good college quarterback. He was like the number one recruit in the country at, at this yes, position. But he was not a good quarterback. He was not. I mean, he was well, a good was athlete. Not a good to play pro, quarterback. Pat, or was he not a good college? I mean, he was a terrible pro. Horrible yes, pro. I do know that. But like, just because Tim Tebow he was a terrible that, pro, but he wasn't a bad college yeah, quarterback. No, no. Well, Tim Tebow was a thousand times better than Jake Locker. Yeah. Jake Locker was not a good, even a good college quarterback. People are listening to this podcast being like, how did this become a referendum on Jake Locker's college I, career? I, I understand. Like a random dude from Seattle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good job. This pod's going well. <laughs> yeah. Pod's going well, everyone. Save us, Dan. Get us back on track. So what is my point of all that uh, shark history is like, did he just like go into the Falcons where he got fired? I mean, Steve Sarkisian was fired at the end of the 2018 season. At what point did everything click? Like, it just, it'd be interesting to see. Because, again, play calling all matters. It's personnel, right? Dan just said X's and O's, Jimmy's and Joe's. Like, I would be curious to see how Sark got to this point where he felt comfortable in that creative. Is, is there NFL stuff that's come in? Is there stuff he learned when he was out? I don't know. But, to, like, he's clearly at the top of his game right now. And how much of that is accumulated knowledge and how much of that is Waddle and Smith and everybody else i think yeah. drawing up plays I, I don't take anything i mean it's a great great call game but like getting to call plays when you when they're all gonna work yeah, it's good <laughs> it's good it's a good thing to do yeah i mean a, a lot yeah. of those plays are just like he'll beat you to, he'll beat him to the pylon yeah. my guy will beat you to the pylon you know they're they're going to bite on the play action because if they don't harris is going to go r- right up the gut for 60 yards it, it does you know, there's some guy at Purdue trying to call plays, too. And it's like, well, we get it out there and, you know, nothing <laughs> doesn't quite work for, as well. It's real quick for the record. Jake Locker, his senior year was number 73 in the nation in pass efficiency. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you look, look that up, Pat, just, just that's the most Pat Forty moment of all time. <laughs> he was not good. But not good. I don't know if you guys saw this one on social media. Uh, there was just randomly a guy dressed up in Tuscaloosa as Forrest Gump and was jogging around town in celebration. Really? <laughs> you sure I did celebrating? See, I did yeah. see like the, I did see the 10,000 person mosh pit in downtown Tuscaloosa. That, yeah. yeah. Super yeah. spreader city. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. That was not ideal. Suboptimal, as our suboptimal. Friends would say. But, yeah. yeah, that's why I said you let the students into the stadiums. Spread them out. They're gonna. They're gonna. They're <laughs> yeah, gonna yeah, celebrate. They're gonna, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was like when the Lakers won. You know, it's like where is Ugh. the whole teams? The NBA guys can't breathe on each other. 
And, no. uh, you know, they make it LeBron put a mask on to talk to like <laughs> Adam yeah. Silver after 20,000 dudes in front of the Staples Center. <laughs> 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 OK, our, uh, our COVID response here is going well. That's uh, that's solid. Anyway, I much respect to the guy who just decided to celebrate with a jog in a in a Forrest Gump outfit. Second <laughs> second rest celebration tonight behind Pat's guy that he found outside the stadium. Oh yeah, oh. some yeah, Michigan State dude in body paint with a uh, a Michigan State flag was riding a bicycle <laughs> around Hard Rock Stadium. I think specifically trying to troll the Ohio State buses because he's like riding right outside where the buses were for Ohio State. Like that was really weird. Like, that, paint, that guy is he's 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 the he's famous for that. Yeah, he's I, I guess so. People were telling me it's like Spirit Johnny or something. Yeah, yeah, that's know. it. Yeah, Johnny Spirit, and he has the he has the the green and white shorts and the beard. Yes, yeah, he's yeah. he's a regular up there in Beast Lansing. Mm-hmm. He's a regular out at Hard Rock Stadium in Miami Gardens, Florida. Too. I wonder if he rode his bike all the way down. There. Yeah, move over, Forrest <laughs> Gump. We got a new guy in town riding your bike to the Natty. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, why didn't Forrest run run to the game? Yeah, I mean, come on. What what across Tucker the needs to be pumping that guy up on social media tomorrow. Like Johnny Spirit. Yeah, he's yeah he's a thing. Well, at least it wasn't that. Remember that Spartan fan who who uh. The, he 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 defecated at the Meyer Meyer uh, oh, yeah. store ongoing saga in a box <laughs> yeah. and put it back on yeah. the shelf. I, I looked that up a couple weeks ago. They still haven't arrested. They haven't found this guy. They haven't. No, this is ridiculous. At large, we talk about domestic terrorists, and there are a lot of them in America <laughs> right now. But this is. <laughs> I yeah. go to Meyer. I shop at Meyer. We got the Meyer pooper still at large. Yeah, still at large. That was Michigan State's contribution to the 2020 <laughs> yes. And it began and ended there. Actually, they did beat Michigan, which gave us some good fodder. But, yeah, yeah. We had that. We had that going for us. How how does anyone close the gap? Well, you were you were you were before we got distracted, we ended up talking about random Michigan State fans and <laughs> I don't know what the hell we we're just talking about. It's late. It's late, people. My broken it's, finger. Yeah, yeah, we've been all over my really the <laughs> It's all in the show rundown. Are we just waiting for Nick Saban to retire? So here's the thing right now. I, I, I would have to think about it since like 09, since they won the first title. But I think this is one of the worst SECs that we've had in the last decade. All right. Auburn just fired their coach and brought in a complete outsider who's going to have an overhaul, right? Like big cap, Brian, I think, uh, I think transferred today. Like, I don't know. Auburn's not a threat right now. Uh, LSU is not a threat right now. Tennessee, as I wrote in my column tonight, has actually run out of dumpsters to light on fire. <laughs> um, so like who threatens Alabama? Georgia's very good. Obviously, that's not going to change. They'll be good next year. Florida's running at a pretty high level of competency. Texas A&M is solid. They'll have to break in a new quarterback next year. After those three, there ain't nothing. Like the Mississippi schools are interesting, but they're not a threat. So like, I just really think the middle class and bottom of the SEC, which used to be so strong and give it all that vaunted depth, I think going into next season, it's a very top-heavy league with the top of it tilted very strongly to Alabama. If you look at it, A&M's got to replace Kellen Mond and most of their offensive line, but they have like every skill guy that got any yards or touchdowns was all freshmen and sophomores. So they've got some real talent there to make plays. I don't know the defensive... Uh, 
makeup off the top of my head. I, you know, I think A&M is kind of around for the long haul if they keep recruiting well. Uh, and then on the other side, Georgia, you know, are they coached well enough? Maybe is the big question there from a, in a, a game standpoint, but recruiting wise, I mean, Georgia's had better classes than Alabama. So Georgia's there. Florida took some, made some strides. Now they, they're, they're going to have some big personnel losses, but still that, you know, I, so I think the top is still pretty good. Now I just think Alabama's better than the rest of them, which they have been most of the time. Losing that um, middle class is where you get that. You, you right. miss that, yeah. that upset. Yeah. Right. Right. You know, yeah, we're, and that's where, if you look at, at Alabama's history, I mean, Gus Malzahn got him three times, but there was the year Johnny Manziel got him. Yeah. I, Hugh Freeze. Absolutely. At Ole Miss got him twice. And yeah, South Carolina have, beat him. Be, South, South Carolina Car- in 2010. Yeah. Yep. That, oh, wow. That was Saban's worst team when they were just in, they lost three whole games. That was I terrible. mean, just. In, incomprehensibly bad to be 10 and three. I talked to Spurrier today. I sort of plotted a Saban victory. It's kind of an annual national day of the national title game when you're bored in the hotel. And so I just put, let's put Nick Saban's in history and context. I wrote a column on Yahoo and Spurrier, Spurrier picked up the phone and did me a good solid. And he, you know, tell a story. He's chipping little voice. I pipe. Uh, he said that he went to a speak at Alabama's clinic the year after he retired. So he retired in 15. So this is in 16. And he and Saban talked about retiring and Saban said, I don't know when I do, you know, the typical Saban thing about retiring. And Spurrier said, I know when you're going to retire, you're going to retire when you lose three games. And he said, Saban laughed and said, yeah, if I lose three games, all hell would break loose. <laughs> well, since that time in five seasons, they've lost five games. How about that? Yeah. So, yeah, that, that we are we are far from the fire drill of three games. Imagine the horror, three games in a single season. The problem yeah. with the playoff is it is reinforced that in in a in geographic regions who the power player is in re- recruiting and so you have six straight big 12 titles to Oklahoma you yeah. have six straight ACC titles to Clemson four straight to Ohio State and Bama being whatever there's enough players in the SEC you get a little bit of that bounce but that that's the problem. If if it's a different team from these we I mean we know the there's four teams they're going to come from five leagues. If it's a different team every year, yeah, then, then this isn't boring cuz you just right. go oh this is who the big big I mean the whole point of this is basically this is who the Big 10's got this year. If it's ever if this is Penn State in this game, you go oh, okay, well, Penn State couldn't do it, but it's the same teams every time. And so it's easier to sit there and go, well, you're just not getting there. And I think that's kind of the the to me, the frustrating part of this is it's it, you know, at this point in the in the Midwest, like the best players are all want to go to Ohio State. I mean, Penn State, Michigan and Notre Dame recruit against each other. Ohio State's just at a different level. And as long as that's the case. You know, so th- that that to me is the issue. I don't know how that ends other than the things we've been talking about, name, image and likeness, which they've now tried to punt on um, yeah. Yeah. stupidly. Let's let, let's give a real quick shout out to the NCAA. The convention starts like tomorrow and runs for a while. But the NCAA, which has taken like seven decades of resolute amateurism and finally gets to the point in the spring of saying, we're going to do something about it. We're going to have name, image, and likeness, and we're going to have 
transfer rule. And now they get around to like, no, never mind. We're not going to, no, we're not going to vote on those things. In addition to still not being able to solve any of the SDNY cases other than one. So the NCAA, great. I, I'll, I'll say about this thing because it's really complicated. We can talk about it during this offseason because you get in the weeds of what they're doing. But if you have a business, you do not want the government running your business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't care right. what government. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want the government saying, hey, these are going to be your rules on how you pay your wait staff at your restaurant. This is who you can hire. This is who. This is how you man like you want as little government regulation as possible. So you come up with your own rules to try to satisfy the government so that they do not put in their regulations. The NCA has done nothing, and they're inviting a bunch of senators to say, this is how you're going to run your the name, image, and likeness will get it'll be a disaster if they don't seize control. It's going to be like their playoff, which sucks. Because they didn't want to do a playoff, so they designed a horrible playoff. The name, image, and likeness is going to be a disaster because they're standing around oh. going, "Well, you know what? We can't figure it out." I, I hope this, uh, you know, I hope this senator from Connecticut's yeah. got a good idea. Yeah. Like, no, Senator Blumenthal yeah, take care of it. Nobody who worry. runs a he business. knows exactly what's going yeah. on. Yeah, the guy from Kansas and Connecticut, those two, those like this Moran and it's like no business owner. Sits there and goes, I can't figure it out. I hope the I hope the politicians can help. <laughs> this is you're going to screw yeah. the whole I think thing up. We we would all agree that Mark Emmert has been a really lousy NCAA president, and he has failed in many ways. But there has been no greater failure than the apathy he and the NCAA have shown towards putting together a name, image, and likeness plan. They basically have have just been so slow and so apathetic and put together so many committees to set up a subcommittee to do anything. It's the classic NCA thing. This is like the Saturday Night Live skit of NCA incompetence right here. And they are now going to let local governments, the federal government, the Supreme Court all have more of a say than their actual own membership. It is incompetence of the highest order. It is. It's malfeasance. And I, I, I was at the NCAA convention in Anaheim last January Apologies. Oh, well, there was a couple good nights at the lobby bar, but uh, <laughs> there always are. Yeah. <laughs> Emmert gets up there for the big address. And this is one like the NCAA people are like, yeah, you should probably come cover this convention because it's going to be newsworthy. And Emmert gets up there for the big address to talk about name, image and likeness and just wades through one vague comment after another, like, yeah, we have to be ready to change with no specifics, no plan, no any of that. And you walk away and like, what the hell was that? This is what they this is their big reveal was a reveal of nothing. And then they find you know, they come around in like April and like, yeah, we're going to do it and get on the teleconference for that. And it's like, well, we don't know how that's going to work. No, we don't know how that's going to work. No, we don't know that. I mean, it's just complete abdication of taking charge of this, of a very important issue in their business. It is the most important business going forward. It is. Oh, it yes. is beyond. They're going to screw it. They don't want to do it. So they are going to say, we couldn't figure it out. Then they're going to let the government come in and run their business. And then they're going to go, see, it sucks. It was a bad <laughs> idea. No, right. it, you're. It, it's, it's unbelievable. I just cannot imagine. Anybody listening to this who owns a business, I don't care if it's the 
you're you know it's a kid who mows the lawn of his neighbors like it's you just go yeah that's uh, it's just so bad and so even if they did it and got it completely wrong it would be done and they could control it to get it right like they weren't going to nail the landing on the first time on this thing right it wasn't all going to be perfect guardrails all that stuff but when you've given up control of it you have no chance yeah this thing is going to be a yeah. It's going to be a, a disaster. It's going to. I really feel like this will be looked at as a pivot point for the future of all college sports. And I would like to be optimistic about it, but I'm not. I can only see it being really, really bad. And you're going to have breakaways and like we're again. I'm not sitting here saying players shouldn't make money or anything like that. But like if this thing goes too sideways, it may move college sports from a place where it's not what we loved. Does that make sense? hundred percent. It's the way. It, and I'm not trying to be a, like a romantic about it or anything like that, but like, we're not a very just, romantic it, podcast. So. No, we're <laughs> not. No, I know. That's why I'm very sensitive. I'm sensitive <laughs> to romance and talking about football. I know those things go, go, go sideways here, but I just really think it's like, just control what you can control. They could have controlled this. Instead, all Mark Emmert has done is taken shovels of money and thrown them at lawyers to try to protect the system that needed to change look at how pro sports operate okay you have a draft there's no business that like if you let the government choose how you would run the nfl they'd say well you can't have there'll be some senator going you can't have a draft that's completely un-american <laughs> it, it kind of is yeah right like no other business yeah, does that ever right. happen right well, you don't have a rookie salary scale but then the older guys get to make whatever the hell they want what's this <laughs> salary cap situation what's a flex what's this like you why does the NFL and the NBA work? Because they regulated themselves. They worked with their union. They recognized the players as partners. They figured it out and they didn't sit there and say, hey, I hope this, uh, you know, subcommittee and it's going to have politicians grandstanding. I mean, it is absurd. Uh, the government, nobody would invent these systems that make the, the NFL where every game this weekend goes that pretty much goes down to the wire and it's so competitive. It's so good because they figured out how to run their thing, which is probably not even who knows if it's legal. <laughs> I don't know if you can really do this, but it works. That's why it works, you know, because you control it and the mistakes you make, you just shift it and do it. These guys are just like, yeah, we can't, we can't do it. Can't do it. The last time the NFL went to the Supreme Court, in my mind, maybe they did in Deflate Gate or something, was early 2000s. Maurice Claret tried to go to the draft. Mike Williams might have gone to try to go too. And the NFL said, nope, these are our rules and we're going to defend them. And you have to be three years removed from graduating high school class. So those cats had to wait. But like that's like a very defined and narrow situation. This is like basically the NCA is saying, we are going to let others write our rule book, which, as Dan said, is just completely ludicrous. It, it will be bad. It will be bad. Mark Emmert and everybody who's running college sports right now, it'll be shameful if the, uh, uh, unless there's some miracle this works out. Because you couldn't compromise. You just couldn't, couldn't damn get over the thing that the world changed on you. Like, businesses have to adapt. You have to change things and then you figure it out. It's, 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 it's awful. The, 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 the keeping of, of Emmert the keeping of the same commissioners that it, it, it goes to all the stuff. We joke about the playoff because they can fix the playoff, but it's the same thing. It's just like, and this was, you know, like this was the whole situation of whether we're going to have a season or not. There was nobody in charge. There was nobody making decisions. It was, you know, it, here's one fiefdom. Here's another, here's another, here's another. And 
you know, that's why that's why we went through the the torture basically of the summer was because nobody could get on the same page to decide what the season was going to be. So here's a hilarious thought. So uh, I called around today, uh, Monday afternoon, to do a story coming out of the title game. And since Pat took my idea and did it way better than I would have about, uh, you know, the was it worth it retrospective, I'm going to do a story on Yahoo this week that spins ahead and said, what do we learn from 2020 and where do we go? So I was talking to an AD today and he had a great point. Like he was he's at the place where a lot of people are saying, all right, the power five needs to break away. We need to figure out a way to do this. But he said, here's the problem. And I thought it was a really smart point. He said, the people who aren't going to allow this to happen are the conference commissioners. So you make two million plus bucks a year or five million if you're Larry Scott. You had a conference office filled with your friends and your colleagues and the people you're in charge of protecting. If they all go, if the, you know, the 65 or whatever it is, power five schools break away, you don't need five commissioners. You don't need these huge conference offices, right? Somebody compared it to me today to, uh, there used to be an AL president and an NL president in baseball. Well, you know what? You don't need it anymore. You need a president. Yeah. You, you need a commissioner of the end of the NFC North. Like, yeah, exactly. No, that's what it is. That's what it is. You don't need to pay these yeah, cats all right, this money. Right. You didn't need but, a playoff with six different bowl yeah. directors last weekend. They <laughs> just played the, the games. The, right. Yeah. The fracturing is institutionalized. And I when he said that to me, I was like, oh, this isn't going to change. You think Kevin Warren and who's ever going to replace Larry Scott, uh, Greg Sankey. All these guys are going to sit in a room and say, you know what? We're in the way. No, 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 no. Zero chance. Zero chance. So I like how 410 in the morning, we're not talking about the national title game that just got played tonight. We're actually fixing all <laughs> well, the sports Bama problems. Good. Really just Bama good. Uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Let me say this. We could grunt our analysis. Hot Great. take there. Bama I do good. have the uh, the race for the case champion. Uh-oh. Pete, you, you won mm. again. All right, so you guys ended up tied for first, and Pete won the tiebreaker, and then Sully and I were tied for second. Is that the is that the deal? I don't know. Anyway, wait, there was all right. I don't. I, you guys pick up the tab. The next the next time the four of us are together. So a year ago, the four of us were sitting in New Orleans uh, at three in the morning, looking out at like shady bourbon tree, <laughs> <laughs> doing the podcast. Yeah. Drunken um, LSU fan wandering around. Correct. Still. Yeah. Right. Yes. Right. Go That's a statement. Screaming Drunken down the LSU street. Fans. Yes. And those. Um, yeah. But like those, all those, those all night, like convenience stores were open right out there. Yeah. So whenever, wherever, wherever it is and wherever we're next together, Dan and I will get a little head nod of confidence knowing that we beat you and you guys have to, you guys have to pick up the tab of wherever we, uh, wherever we do end up, which could, quite frankly could be a pretty expensive. Well, tab, so. it's going to be Indianapolis. So A, it's going to be cold and B, not that expensive. So that's true. You know. We're going to steak and shake, Let's boys. Let's hope we can conjure something up beforehand. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the Jim O'Connell Memorial Steak and Shake yes. in downtown Indianapolis. Yes. Oh, yeah. Ock. Ock, the great, great legend. AP basketball writer. Uh, all right. I, I'm going to end this with this story because I, we cannot allow this to go on. I need to alert the people. OK. OK. This is what we do on the podcast. We tend to alert the people of clear and present danger. Well, this is a clear and present danger if you're in Warren County, New Jersey. Uh, recently and and I, I, I the timing to me is not uh, is important right after mcdonald's announces they're they're stepping up their game in the chicken wars and are launching the the three different chicken sandwiches now look if when mcdonald's says they're going to start selling more chicken sandwiches there's one 
undeniable thing that will happen. Chickens will die. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of chickens are going to die. Yes. If you if you're offended by that, yeah, that's are we fine. We yeah. yeah, I don't care personally, but uh we have a big we have a big PETA list I mean, on our podcast. Yeah. But okay, but guess what? That that chicken, I mean, we don't know if the McRib is real, but we do know the chicken sandwich is. At least we think yeah. so. So all of a sudden, what happens at the, at the McDonald's in Warren County, New Jersey? A flock of angry chickens. This is according to Fox what? 5. A flock what? of angry chickens in Warren County, New Jersey, wreaked havoc at a McDonald's drive-thru this week. What? Mm. Police in Washington Township received a 911 call on Tuesday about angry birds. Not nervous wow. birds, Jim Harbaugh. Angry birds. <laughs> <laughs> attacking customers in the parking lot of the McDonald's. Really? Yes, they were. The, an animal control officer responded to the scene, saw the chickens harassing and chasing customers and pecking at the car tires. <laughs> wow. Where in New Jersey? Uh, Her, Her, uh, Warren Township. Warren Township. I'm Warren Township, up. New Jersey. Uh, what high schools are there? Are they football producing high schools? All the, the good players go to DeMatha. Like Bosco or there. Or yeah, yeah, that's Bourbon County. County. Uh, I don't know. This is the insurrection, though. Do not yeah. be. Wisconsin this is, probably got a running back commitment from there in the last week. So uh, the department wrote on its Facebook page. It is was rumored this activity might be a response to McDonald's plan of offering three new chicken sandwiches in the near future. <laughs> coincidence the officers asked with three exclamation points we don't know i mean the cops are talking about this insurrection right here now i'm telling you what chickens if you're listening don't mess with the don't mess with mcdonald's mcdonald's will win well you will be listening you show up at a mcdonald's they'll just take you and 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 break the supply chain and cook you right then Warren Township is not far from Piscataway, so there's some Rutgers influence oh, here. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. There's definitely. Yeah. We need to, we need Shiano on the case. Shiano here. was getting a sandwich, <laughs> yeah. and his car got his his comp car got the the tires packed or something. I don't know. Shiano yeah. almost got off the hook tonight because uh, Alabama was on pace to break the record of points scored against an Ohio State team, which uh, they hung on Shiano. Iowa did. They scored 55 back in uh, 17. Double nickel. Uh, if you remember that. If you remember that evening. Yeah, that was yep. a good. Yeah. It's worse when I, Iowa does. <laughs> Don't remember. It, yes. it is much Smith worse when Iowa, for Iowa. Yeah, it's, it's all it's all through the A gap yeah. when Iowa does it. That's the worst part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fullback plunge. For 700 <laughs> yards. Uh, so there you go. So be careful out there when you're going to McDonald's. Keep an eye. Heads on a wow. swivel, people. Heads on a swivel. The, the chickens have heard. They're heard. They heard about it. They're angry. Even the police of Warren Township are, are putting that alert out there. So mobile, agile, hostile. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think that does it for our show. It does. <laughs> yes. Whether we're we should probably time. cancel our show at four sixteen a.m. right now. It's four sixteen. We're done. Yeah, we're done. Hey, thank you guys all. We hey, we made this analogy the whole time about the car skidding through the snowstorm. We skidded in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we skidded in, but we made uh, it. We and, made uh, it. Unbelievable. You end up making it, and then you go. I never want to do that again. I'm never driving in the snow again. <laughs> right? It's like 
Yeah. I'm quitting smoking. Yeah. That's it. I'm never driving five <laughs> hours through a snowstorm again. I'll just wait. I'll cancel the trip. And then like two weeks later, you do it again. Not quite two weeks, but February 13th, McNeese State plays Tarleton State. FCS season starting up, baby. Let's go. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is where the Mac screwed up. Yeah. Mac should have played in the spring, spring baby. Yep. It would have been huge. They've given it over Two to Mac McNeese. Two ended up in the top 25 today, by the way. Ball State's got like a real team coming back, too, don't they? 20 of 22. 20 of 22, and I think they're playing Penn State or something. They are. They're playing Penn start, State week Hey, two. listen, we yeah. can start breaking down the Ball State-Penn State game of 2021 right <laughs> don't now. Don't sleep on Drew Plitt right now in this podcast. Do not sleep on Drew Plitt. Here we, right. go. we need to go to sleep. All right, <laughs> yes. thank everyone for listening this year. Don't leave us. It really gets good yeah. in the offseason when we don't have to talk <laughs> yes. about this pesky yeah. little thing called football. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be minimized, which our, our, our downloads will shoot up certainly at that point. So appreciate everyone. Talk to you all later.